0: Coming to you from the front lines of America's fight for freedom, it's Matt and Brett Guster with America in View. What this world needs is a few more So people ain't afraid to take a stand. What this world needs is a little more respect for the Lord and the law and the working man. we could use a little peace and satisfaction people up front to take the lead a little less talk and a little more action and a few more rednecks is what we need.
1: Bring you your best anti-woke ideologies we get here into the Merry Christmas holidays. Matt, it is great to be here with you this morning. Uh here we are the um Last couple of days here before Christmas, people are going crazy. They are running around, losing their patience. I'm hoping that today we can just keep things a little bit more relaxed and add to their Christmas cheer. What do you think?
2: That's right. We'll try to lighten everybody's spirits as uh you're getting your last minute shopping done. Um everybody just needs to remember that it doesn't have to be perfect and you're gonna have a good Christmas with your family and your loved ones and uh just like you said. Let's be relaxed and think about everything that we have to be thankful for.
1: You know, Speaking about everything not being very perfect, uh, this is the time when you're going to be walking to those stores. You're going to be looking for the last couple things on your list, and there's going to be the poor mom or the dad with 18 kids draped across their shopping carts. Uh, there's going to be lots of screaming, lots of drama. I think the important thing for us all to all remember during these times is that it comes around once a year. It is a very, very... Um, Good opportunity for everybody to remember what's really important, to remember that faith, friends, and family are the things that sustain us throughout the remainder of the year. And uh, just to try to keep a little bit more of a lid on their tempers, just relax, Christmas Day is coming, it's going to be here, and then we can look forward to the football season around New Year's.
2: I don't know if I'm looking forward to that, but
1: <laughs> some, some well, people because, may. That's because you're an FSU fan.
2: Some people maybe, but Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So do you have big plans for Christmas? Well, I'll tell you one thing I'm planning not to do too much of, hopefully, on Christmas Day, is I really am going to try to avoid turning on the news, because there is so much in the news right now that would kind of spoil our Christmas cheer. There's some things to laugh about. It can be, uh, I think, sometimes humorous for us to look at the news and think about some of the sarcastic remarks we can make, but uh, that does not add to my good Christmas cheer.
2: Yeah, what do you make of... uh the fiasco earlier this week with Hunter Biden, everything going on there. I mean, we've been talking about him off and on. But this is kind of the gift that keeps on giving just as far as um, unintentional comedy in our public sphere.
1: It is going to be very, you know, you and I always talk about when we have disagreements in the workplace because we work together. A lot of people know that it makes for some interesting drama. We can't really lose our temper with each other for too long because, um, you know, we're going to be over at mom's house and we got to get along. And I just wonder, in the Biden household, after everything that Hunter Biden has put the family through in the last year, year and a half, what their Christmas dinner is going to be like. What do you talk about with Hunter?
2: Yeah, I I couldn't even begin to imagine. Um, First
1: of all, who's he going to bring to dinner?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, are they like comparing, <clears throat> comparing their notes for testimony? Are they trying to, you know, who... Let's do a Zoom call with our attorney. Who's whose uh whose bank account are we going to talk about you know which which transfer etc cetera, etc cetera. i mean there's this crazy thing where he's supposedly on the helicopter and
1: um yeah it's just like yeah but did you see that they did not include his name on the manifest exactly
2: and it's like he was sneaking around yeah to avoid it it just seems like unforced error after unforced error um you know families are interesting we've We've worked in the political sphere. You've worked around um, families that are that are political in nature. When you're in the public sphere, you're always kind of in, in the public eye. There's no such thing as really being able to spend just time alone and time um, truly outside of that scrutiny. But, but this family in particular has just made a mess of it. And, um, you know, as people try to get to the bottom of what's going on with the family, what's going on with Hunter specifically, um. yeah, you, you just wonder, like, what are they up to and why aren't they making uh, sounder decisions about all this stuff?
1: Well, it's interesting when you're watching the news. So other than watching the proverbial end of the year pre-Christmas shows about um, taking care of our troops or doing the Toys for Chots drive or, uh, you know, the top 10, you know, hottest Christmas gifts of 2023 – which those are all important stories. They all help us in some ways uh, as we get through the holidays. But uh, everybody on Fox News is pointing at Hunter Biden. They're interviewing congressmen. They're talking about the scandal that's erupting inside the White House. I don't know if you saw the report the other day where it looks now like perhaps, I'm not saying they did, but perhaps there was a little bit of a shading of the report on the big cocaine scandal inside the White House, which seems also to be related to Hunter Biden. Um, But then if you go to MSNBC, if you go to CNN, if you go to some of the other more uh, liberal mainstream news networks, it's all about Trump, Trump, Trump being thrown off the Colorado ballot. Uh, The fact that, you know, any day now he could be indicted and trying to speed up the Supreme Court decision related to his trial next year. Um, So everything within what I would call the political context is really focused on uh corruption in the Trump family or in the Trump era let's say that everything in the um conservative news is focused on Biden but i think that this it's going to be harder and harder more difficult for the mainstream press to ignore what's going on with Biden
2: yeah they can't ignore it and it, it is this period of escalation where it's each side has their boogeyman and it's you know which who who did the worst thing? You know who who's more deserving of some sort of criminal prosecution, and so on. I think the theme that that we continue to hear on the conservative right is just some sort of some sort of uh, equal standard. You know, if if you're going to have uh, all these criminal proceedings going on at various people on the conservative side of the spectrum, then you need to do the same thing on the left, or you need to just ratchet it back and and take a look at this um, so-called weaponized system of criminal justice that we seem to be developing into um, these days. And that that gives people a lot of concern. Certainly people are just looking for answers, but, but yeah, the mainstream media, the, the, you know, the left wing cable news, MSNBC, all that, they can't ignore it. There's definitely um, significant questions that the, that have to be asked of the Biden world and everything that's going on with their family and, all the clear um, enrichment, payoff, I mean, whatever terminology you want to use, the money's flowing. you got to find out why. Where, where is it coming from and why is it going there and, and is it going to Biden himself?
1: Well, look, those are all questions that hopefully will be answered in the new year. Um, I do think that one of the things that's leaving people with a sense of doubt, both on the right and the left right now, is a deep distrust of federal police agencies, including the FBI. a a distrust about their political agendas. Uh, I don't know if you saw this story that ran this week uh, where an intern from Marco Rubio's office, and granted, she said some things on Twitter and her social media pages that I thought were hmm, inflammatory at best, Uh, but she was there for the January 6th, quote-unquote, insurrection.
2: Yeah, she went inside
1: the building. She went inside the building. And now, you know, after... Over two years of being quote unquote investigated, and by the way, she's been she's been helped by these uh, groups that are going around trying to target people who were there on January sixth. These are these like really hardcore right, uh, excuse me, left wing uh, groups that are trying to get um, Facebook images and Twitter images, and they're turning they're actually turning them into the FBI and pushing to have them investigated. So this this girl, again, she was 21 at the time. I have a feeling she was more into the emotion of the moment and also just wanting to be where all the action was, shows up, goes inside the Capitol. Now she's being arrested. She was swarmed by federal agents and FBI agents in what I would call, what I think anyone would call a, a, a an incredible gross um, over-escalation of force to bring this. in fact, her attorney had even said, look, she'll turn herself over peacefully. I mean, this is just, a, you know, let's get this thing over with, right? Uh, it's it's interesting. On the one hand, you know, these liberals are decrying Israel for their response in Gaza. Oh, it's a, it's an over-display of force. You don't need to be doing this. But then on the flip side, they're sending out 30 and 40 agents to arrest one 23-year-old former intern.
2: It's hard to make sense of it other than the, trying to trying to make a point, trying to. It's no, almost like that's, a, yeah, that's it's a, a photo op exactly al- almost. Doing. And the thing about, and I haven't read the story as closely as you have. I know you've you've had some um, conversations with others about it. But a- as an intern in his office, I wondered did she even have access to the Capitol building? And, and I'm not justifying in anything that happened on January 6. I'm just wondering if she even falls into a different category of someone who actually uh, would have been would have been allowed into the building anyway.
1: Well, who knows? Look, we're going to get into this a little bit more. Uh, For the rest of the show, stick with us for segments two, three, and four. We're going to be talking about woke Christmas gifts in the next segment. We're going to be talking about why we give gifts at Christmas and what the true meaning of Christmas is as we get into this final weekend before the big day. Stick with us on America in View. Never
0: fear. Matt and Brett are here. Or at least they will be. America in View will be right back.
1: From the front lines of the fight against socialism, it's America in View. All right, we're back for segment two. And Matt, we were just talking at the end of segment one about, you know, some of the hot topics in the news and uh, just what we're dealing with politically at this time of year. It's going to be interesting as we get into the rest of what I would call the end of 2023 to see how everything is going to be. Uh, sort of shaped and positioned for the new year. We have some big elections coming up in the new year. We got the Iowa caucuses. Huge. Uh, then after that we got the New Hampshire uh, election and uh, then South Carolina immediately following that, it's going to be fascinating to watch and see how quickly things are going to go, uh, either in a very good direction or very bad direction for both Trump and Biden during these contests. Uh, it's also going to be interesting to see if DeSantis and Nikki Haley are going to still be around after January of next year.
2: Yeah, and in what form are they around? I mean, they they all of the candidates clearly have a future, plans for the future, et cetera. If uh, you know, if the election doesn't turn out the way they want it to. Are they going to be positioning up for 2028? Are they going to be somehow trying to make a move on VP pick? Um, I don't think DeSantis is in that mix, but he's accusing Haley of, of doing that. Um, <laughs> right. She's been, she's been pretty hard on Trump, so I have a hard time believing that that would happen. But, you know, those, those are the part of the political sweepstakes that'll start to... Take place uh, if the elections don't go well for the non Trump candidates in the first few states.
1: Yeah, for some reason, I still think that Tim Scott, Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina, is top on the radar screen for Trump should he be the nominee. It looks like he is about to be the nominee. So, um, But, you know, I don't want to rule Haley out. She definitely brings some things to what I would call a balanced ticket that Trump may be looking for. But I agree. She said enough bad things about Trump that it may be difficult for him to uh, let his ego do that. Uh, And he's got
2: a um, he's got a long memory. And the last. (laughs) Yes, he does. Last go around, he did not pick someone that was also a a candidate um, during the primary. So I would suspect that he may not be inclined to do that again.
1: Yes. So we were talking about some of DeSantis' comments about the FBI trying to get a little bit more traction as we get in here. Have you ever noticed that during the Christmas season, that uh, for whatever reason, in the last, say, eight to 10 years, the woke gets really crazy with some of the things they begin to say at Christmas time? They want everything to be diverse. They started this years ago with, well, you couldn't just celebrate Christmas. We had to have Kwanzaa. We had to have. Dwali. We had to have all these other different kinds of traditions celebrated in the workplace or in the uh, political sphere. Um, but you know, we've always had—I don't want to say always, but we for many years we've had Hanukkah. But you know, that's a, a Jewish holiday that, for the most part, has been mainstream for many, many years now, many decades.
2: Yeah, but it all—it all has the flavor of like me too. Like what you know, if you have a holiday, we need to have a holiday. The holidays for each faith, each tradition—I mean, however you want to describe it—they're all worthy. It's this um, fixation with diversity that I think starts to turn people around it and, and or turn people against it because you just feel like it's always a um, subtle uh, disapproval of Christianity or of Christmas or something along those lines.
1: And Judeo-Christian Western values, right? I mean, that's, that's part of the attack. Remember back in 2016, I think you brought this up earlier uh, when uh, Trump decided to make Christmas a a big political item for the 2016 election. He was election. mentioning
2: it in campaign speeches and all. Yeah, Merry Christmas instead sort of Happy Holidays and, and all that.
1: And then suddenly on talk radio around the country, and then on Fox News, on Newsmax, and then even in Republican clubs and executive committees around the country, you saw people uh, saying, We have to say Merry Christmas. They were making a point of writing Merry Christmas on all of their cards and pictures and things like that. It'll be interesting to see if we get any of that going into the weekend. I haven't seen too much of that so far this year. There have been some attacks on Christmas uh, from the left side of the aisle that I've seen, uh, but nothing of a major significance right now.
2: Yeah, we're a consumer culture, and everybody likes having a day off from work and getting (sighs) gifts, and it's a a fun time for a lot of people. So I think those aspects of the celebration which dominate the American version of Christmas, uh, everybody's on board with it. They'll, they'll get woke on you and start talking about the origins and and um, trying to make sure that any sort of uh, recognition of faith or Christian belief is heavily um, leavened or balanced out with uh, you know with this sort of theme of diversity. But everybody everybody likes to celebrate a good Christmas.
1: Well, the reality is is that most conservative parents right now. I don't know. I'm not going to say which. Um, presents i'm going to be trying to get for my kids between now and... what about for me <laughs> well i've already given you uh, a gift matt which J- is jam just... of the month club <laughs> 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 i like to think of my daily presence in your life as a gift oh it is it's, yeah. it's a big present and yeah it keeps yeah. on giving yeah mom would approve of that you know that that spirit of giving but look when i think of the gifts i'm trying to get for my kids they're Along more traditional lines, dolls for my little girls. I'm not going to say which ones, but I have a list. They've made their list for Santa. My little boy he really wants a BB gun, and I so just, in other words,
2: you have anti woke presents in, in mind for your. That's children. where I was going. Without giving anything away, they would be uh, gender appropriate.
1: Gender appropriate. You know, the boys like to trade with trains. The girls like to play with baby dolls. We try to keep that stuff gender specific. Um, I know that doesn't mean approval in the world these days, but I was thinking that, you know, for all of our libs out there and maybe for a little bit of humor, we should go through maybe a list of some potential great gifts for the woke this year in 2023. Oh, I can't even imagine you have some ideas. I've got a few ideas. I got a few ideas. I was thinking, you know, if I was going to give one gift, one gift to the white house, say to like president Biden, because, uh, I just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I care for him, right? I want to make sure that he's protected, that he's safe. I was thinking maybe a, a new escalator for Air Force One. An escalator that yes. would be
2: that would be a lot more useful. I don't know how do, how would that work? Where would they store it?
1: Well, you know, they used, yeah, they used to do this in cartoons. They wheel out an escalator to the plane as opposed yeah. to stairs, and that way people could just kind of like ride right up. They have them actually for um, the baggage carriers. You're right. You know? Yeah,
2: you're right. I never thought about that little conveyor belt that, yeah. that just, yeah, so you're saying.
1: Maybe Biden could start entering through the baggage Almost department. like
2: a little, like a ski lift where you would just get on and ride ride your way up there.
1: Yeah, see, they really should hire us to be consultants for Air Force One I mean, because they would, they would avoid all these slips and falls.
2: That That's a great gift idea. I like that. Not Definitely. Sure, not sure yeah. what the price tag on that is.
1: It doesn't matter. I mean, they just print a few more bucks down at the uh, Department of Treasury. Uh, Any other uh, ideas, Matt? Uh, That would be, uh, let's just call that number 10. Okay. That's a good
2: gift idea. Um, How about a set of new pronouns? I think everybody's (laughs) always looking for new pronouns. Yes. Um, You know, people tend to fixate on words like they when it comes to pronouns, but... um, I I remember earlier in this year, uh, one of the legislators gave a speech at uh, the Capital City Republican Club, and he brought with him a list of 70 pronouns, which were available on a university website, and it was a highbrow university. I forget which one, like Stanford or Columbia or one of these places. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the pronouns was though, which I just (laughs) thought was interesting. I don't know if maybe that would be be a fun pronoun that someone could get for Christmas.
1: Uh, Yeah, potentially. That's right. That's right. Um, All right. Uh, So that's number nine, right? So escalator for Air Force One, number nine, new pronouns. Um, Number eight, how about a year's supply of Gavin Newsom's hair gel?
2: Wow. Where do you even get such a thing?
1: Well, it would take a lot, by the way. Um, But, you know. There's plenty of opportunities for him to get uh, hair gel in the uh, mire and slime of the streets of San Francisco, but uh, Gavin Newsom he's got magnificent hair, and I think that if it, hair tonic is the uh, is the uh, ability to get that, I think everybody needs a shot at it.
2: Yeah, I think I would just like the hair. I don't need I don't need the <laughs> gel, just if I could somehow figure out for the hair to be on to grow.
1: He's got fine teeth too, by the way. Um, all right, give me another one, Matt. Well, you're
2: talking about Hunter Biden. Um, how about a night out on the town with Hunter Biden? That that would probably be a, a real thrill for people.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I would make it for the first 15 minutes.
2: That would that would also this this is uh, this is going to require quite a bit of money. This would require your your free uh, free printing of money from the treasury probably to afford that night.
1: But, well, you, and also you've got to do some sort of exercises. You have to work up to something like that. You can't do that much cocaine, uh, you know, just. Cold. You got to go out there and really practice at it.
2: What, what, whatever you're saying, I don't even know what you're talking about. That's <laughs> that's, uh, that's disturbing.
1: Oh goodness. How about uh, how about a uh, one week supply of dinners from a uh, Wuhan lab? Whew. Probably wouldn't go well. <laughs> probably would not go well.
2: Um, if you were going to get that kind of a meal package for Christmas, you would probably also need an annual um set of vaccines from the cdc
1: yeah it could kind of be like a twofer a package uh well look we're only going to get through like we i got five or six more ideas matt i hope uh,
2: people are taking notes because these are dynamite gift ideas and everybody everybody out there should be really paying attention
1: that's exactly right stick with us to get your other great gift ideas and then we're going to talk in the next two segments about the real reason for christmas let's get down to the brass tacks on the front lines, fighting the insanity of the woke, America
0: in View will be right back. On the front lines, fighting the insanity of the woke, it's Matt and Brett Doster with America in View.
2: Merry Christmas season, everyone. We are talking about Christmas shopping, Christmas gifts. And, Brett, we were just about halfway through our shopping list for the woke um, we had I f- think just a remarkably good set of gift ideas and uh, why don't you give us another one I think
1: you well you let's go through the first some... five again in case people weren't with us on the last segment so we were thinking number one perhaps an escalator or some sort of uh, conveyor belt for Joe Biden on Air Force One that would make for a great gift maybe number nine would be new pronoun, new pronouns 8 Gavin a year supply of Gavin Newsom's hair gel 7 one night with Hunter Biden which we all agree that not many could handle and maybe uh week of dinners from a Wuhan lab would be number 6 again these are great gift ideas for the woke yeah for these your are woke fr- these are free gift ideas too just <laughs> just so everyone knows exactly exactly all right give me another one matt um
2: i think some form of reparations you know the new york uh, governor and some of the leaders up there are talking about reparations in new york state uh how about i bet your kids could probably use some reparations of well, some i was sort. thinking
1: i could use some reparations yeah so, having grown up with you well maybe so
2: <laughs> i'm not sure what the damages
1: are but um uh, they're probably more the other way uh, yeah, any kind of reparations. I mean, that, that seems to be the, the great, uh, desire and drive across the board. Now people feel like they've been hurt. They got their feelings hurt sometime in the past, even if they weren't alive, maybe you hurt their relatives feelings. So therefore we need a little reparations. Um, I like that one, Matt. How about, uh, how about a little student loan forgiveness?
2: Yeah. Now the price tag there is, uh, what, like 800 billion, something like
1: that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. But
2: especially at the end of maybe a semester for some of the college kids out there, that could be something they would really be, really get excited about.
1: The thing I think is so dumb about the student loan stuff is that uh, you would think that just giving them the loan in the first place is a gift because usually um, you've got no credit going into college and they're basically making a bet, supposedly, that you're going to complete college and then you're going to go out and get a job and you're going to pay it back with the earning potential that you got from college so getting the loan in the first place is quite a gift but now we want to give them forgiveness but yeah
2: the, the problem with that formula is then you don't get a good education and you don't get skills for a job yeah and it's overpriced so the whole yeah. formula is pretty bad yeah
1: hopefully they work <laughs> and and stay around Oh, goodness. Good. Yeah. Well, you know, actually, his hair plugs have stayed around for quite some time. They didn't look so great when he first had them done, but um, they've stuck with him. They've stuck with him all these years. They're still there. Uh, all right, Matt, you want to go with number one? What would be your number one? Yeah, I think I lost the list there. You, uh, Yeah. Well, how about that one right there? Yeah. <laughs> Little transgender surgery is what we were saying. Highest yes. price tag, yeah, yeah, exactly. That would probably be the highest price tag on the uh, on the list. It would be transgender surgery. So, <laughs> anyway, there's your there's your top ten gift ideas for the woke. Enjoy that. Hopefully, you got a little laugh here at some point along the way to uh, spice up your Christmas uh, spirit. Hopefully that added a little bit of uh, levity to everybody's Christmas uh, experience. Uh, again, you got two days before Christmas. Matt, as we get to talking about Christmas, though, and we have had fun with this list. Um, and we've talked about, we've talked about the um, attacks on Christmas. Have you noticed uh, in our modern era, we spend so much time doing the gift thing, giving the gift exchange? Uh, and we don't really get to the heart of what Christmas is about. We talked about some of the woke attacks on Christmas, wanted to diversify it, wanted to take it away from the birth of Jesus Christ, the thing that we celebrate every year worldwide. Um, And we think about the traditions that have come out of Christmas, one being lights, uh, which are a direct parallel to Christ being the light of the world, meaning that he's light for uh, all of mankind, Uh, talking about the nativity scene. I've even noticed in some of the Christmas parades around the country, uh, we focus on gifts and Santa and everything else, but we don't really focus on the true heart of Christmas. So as we're thinking about giving Christmas gifts, uh, we should think a little bit about why we give gifts, whether they are practical gifts, whether they're just you know, gifts that we give from our generosity, or whether they are, are fun gifts like what we were talking about with the woke list. But um, Matt, do you have any sense of why we give gifts at Christmas time? Yeah the
2: the uh, the traditions around Christmas. I mean, they've definitely changed and and morphed through the years, through the centuries. I mean, this is a this is a holiday that's been celebrated for close to two thousand years, and um, we were watching a PBS show on like the Tudor Christmas, which was kind of interesting. It was kind of, it was an interesting format, but it was sort of interesting to see how like Henry VIII would have celebrated Christmas. And during that time frame, there were 12 days of Christmas. They were kind of like a big feast. Like the song. Um, exactly. And uh, there were gifts. It was like on one specific day, I forget which day of the 12 days of Christmas. And it was like a big deal. They kept records. People gave the King money which I thought was funny. I mean, it's like, how much money does he need? He's sitting here in this enormous house and people are still coming around to, to curry favor with him and, you know, give him, give him cash basically. Uh-huh. Uh, which, you know, is um, I think a reflection that the so-called commercialization of Christmas has been around for a while. It's not something that just re- happened recently. I think the, what you're getting at is that there is a a, a metaphor or a symbolism with the uh, the three wise men, or the Magi, who brought gifts to the Christ child,
1: yeah. Which do you, is, do you remember what they were?
2: Um, gold, frankincense, and myrrh.
1: Yeah, it's pretty pretty standard. Uh, it's driven into the uh, probably the memory and the thoughts of most kids growing up that those were the three gifts.
2: Yeah, and I think it, you know not to not to be. Uh, too geeky about it, but I guess the scriptural account doesn't actually list three wise men. It lists, lists three gifts, and so typically it's always been thought of as these these three figures. But Yeah, um, that's
1: why in some nativity scenes you'll see actually four wise men. Uh, it's almost like they're trying to let you know that they know that, that they know not exactly, That they know, right, yeah.
2: yeah always trying to one-up you as far as what their knowledge is.
1: <laughs> that's right, that's right.
2: Yeah, so that's the starting point, and uh, gifts are a great way to show generosity, love toward others, great great way to share things. Um, I, I love gifts that are something that people make, uh, something that I don't do myself. There's nothing I really make. Um, I wish I did, but it's always good to get a gift like that. Uh, I think in, in our culture today, you know, so you're used to going and getting like, you know, a product from Apple or, um, you know, some sort of gizmo or something like that. And it can feel fun, but it's also, it's not as, um, Maybe as meaningful to me as if somebody gives you a gift of something they actually made, maybe a food product that they they cooked or something along those lines.
1: Well, I think that's a good point that we need to remind everyone. Because, again, you may be listening to us right now as you're out going gift shopping. But the reality is that as we have over-commercialized things and people, you know, maybe focus on, well, you know, I I really want the big gift or I want the most expensive gift. uh, Sometimes there's even a pressure on us. Uh, sometimes even if you have a limited budget, to try to come in with a, the biggest, nicest gift you can because you want to make sure that someone's happy with their gift. But the reality is, is that the gift really should have uh, as much meaning for the giver as it does for the receiver. And uh, I think we need a little bit of an attitude adjust- adjustment uh, really across the board, which is to say stop expecting these like major expensive gifts. Be happy with what you're getting. And try to appreciate the things that someone is doing for you on the other side. Um, again, not everybody's going to be able to have the money, even uh, kids with your moms and dads you are not going to have the money to be able to uh, you know, give them uh, perhaps the most uh, amazing, incredible, most expensive gifts of all time. But as you move through that process, what you're really doing is you're saying during this Christmas experience, I'm so grateful that God sent his son into the world um, that now I am returning gifts to everyone else as a sign of my gratitude for that and want you to experience that same gift of love and interaction. And as we get into the next segment, the final segment, Matt, one of the things I want to kind of take on a little bit more serious to tone on is talking about what the true meaning of Christmas is uh, in line with these comments and contemplate uh, what we should be doing and thinking about as we are purchasing our gifts, as we're giving those, and what we're trying to do and express to our family members, to our friends, and our loved ones as we get into the Christmas spirit. So I hope you all will stick with us as we get into this final segment. I hope you're having a great and phenomenal Christmas celebration. We only have two days left, and we're going to really give you something to think about related to the great gift of Jesus Christ uh, in this final segment of American View.
0: I don't want to go If heaven ain't a lot like Dixie i just as soon stay home Don't go anywhere, America in View will be right back
1: Matt, we've been on the front lines of the Republican Revolution for the last 25 years, waking the woke and strengthening conservatives. But we got some news. We are
2: moving from noon on Fridays to 4 p.m. on Fridays, drive time. It is great to talk to you each week, Brad. It's the highlight of my week, and I'm looking forward to this new time.
1: Where we are saving the conservative movement from the woke, and we are making America Florida.
2: America in view on Real Talk 93.3.
1: The most important hour of your week other than church on Sunday.
0: Freeing the woke from their liberal chains, it's Matt and Brett Doster with America in View.
2: We're back talking Christmas gifts and
1: all of the above. Uh, Brett, are you done with your Christmas shopping, as a matter of fact? Of course not. Of course not. I'm a Christmas Eve-type uh, shopper. Matt. You know that's on Sunday this year. Uh, it is. It is. And so I think... Um, it's going to be uh be fun you know what do you
2: you think is the best day of the week for christmas to fall
1: you know i really love it when christmas falls on wednesday because that way i don't feel guilty about taking the entire week off right in the middle right in the middle of the week
2: yeah i think that's a good call i like maybe like a tuesday or wednesday Mm -hmm. Um, when it's on a weekend it seems like you're you're sort of getting cheated out of something
1: I wish they would just fix Christmas as the last Wednesday of no. the
2: year. <laughs> no. Like they
1: do Thanksgiving. Sounds know? like a lefty idea. <laughs> All right. Uh, we do have
2: a unique – last year Christmas was on Sunday. Uh, so um, it was a church day for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. then this year it's the day after Sunday. It's on Monday. So uh, like the church we go to, is uh, there will be a Christmas Eve service. I know there's going to be a Christmas Eve service at your church as well. Uh, it is a good, it it's kind of forces you to make it more of a, a religious holiday. I think a lot of people in the American tradition, you know, Christmas is, is kind of like a Thanksgiving. Um, it takes on a little bit of a different form for a lot of people. Maybe there's a Christmas morning, sitting on the couch, looking at your gifts, maybe, um, you know, enjoying a, a nice meal with people. But when when the Sunday piece of it comes around, it it kind of forces people to at least think of it a little bit differently. Yeah,
1: I agree with that. It is Look, it is a religious holiday. There's no getting around it. It is absolutely 100% a religious holiday. And, you know, we were commenting, Matt, in this sort of new uh, modern woke era that we're in right now. If you go to, say, like history um, professors and classes now for most of your higher universities or higher ed universities, they do this even in a little bit in high schools now is that you see them using things like current era, right, as opposed to A.D., which means— Com-
2: Common era, right? I that's, think it's common I'm, era. Yes, I'm sorry. Before yes. the common era and common era for the date system.
1: <laughs> that's right, instead of before Christ and in the year of our Lord, and Domini, uh, 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 which it means in the year of our Lord. Uh, but really, this figure, Christ, uh, that we celebrate at time is, for all of Western civilization, the defining— mark in history. He's the dividing line between ancient history and modern history. Such an uh, amazing figure, so many truth claims that he made about himself, and uh, all around the world. We put out Christmas lights, we put up Christmas trees. This isn't, by the way, just a Western tradition anymore. This is literally a worldwide religious holiday that celebrated uh, the, the uh, birth of this figure, Jesus Christ.
2: It is, and it just speaks magnitudes about the impact of Jesus Christ, the individual, and then Christianity um, as it's as it's been built up by his followers over two thousand years, and it it has uh, just a profound impact that I think it's it's easy to almost miss because it so permeates our culture in a good way. I mean, I think it it is um, it is good that it's so taken for granted. There's kind of two versions of Christmas. You have the the more um religious version of it and then you have the you know jingle bells and rudolph and gift giving and santa and and all those sorts of things and i think those two aspects of the celebration uh, for most people they they coexist in a in a perfectly good way you know i don't think it's a situation where you've got to pick one over the other um, but, but
1: but i would say the non christian elements have been heavily influenced by the christian of course, elements, yeah. right yeah, i mean a lot of the traditions the gift giving which we already talked about <clears throat> comes out of the religious holiday celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ.
2: Exactly, and uh, even like the music. I was thinking about this the other day. You, you can be walking through a store, or just driving around in your car, whatever. If if you've got some music on, and you'll hear that blend. You'll hear some of the stuff that's about Rudolph, and then you'll hear "Hark the Herald Angels Sing" or one of the you know one of the one of the hymns that is um, sung by everyone. You know, like "Silent Night," "Away in a Manger," all these other all these other messages that remind people um, of what the origin of Christmas is and why it continues to be celebrated. And I think there is – you know, I would encourage everyone to not make it just a commercial holiday. It is an opportunity to, um, to reexamine your faith and to, to think about uh, what you celebrate and why you celebrate it. Um, Brett, you and I are both Christians, churchgoers, and so for us it's, a, it's very much that – it um those who are out there that that may not be people of faith it's um it's a great opportunity just to consider it and to um make sure that that the profound aspects of life and everything that goes into our existence on earth is is something that you've thought about and um you know maybe in light of faith and thinking about a creator and God and the future and just everything that goes into that
1: well i want i want to just talk Matt in the last five minutes or so that we have here about the Uh, true implications of the Christmas message. And I'm going to make this really, really simple. We're not going to get real deep on theology or anything, but I think it's important. People tend to be more cheerful at Christmas time, more celebratory. Sometimes they don't even know why. And we said that that spirit of the religious side of Christmas bleeds over into even what I would call more secular celebrations, uh, where people are are having a good time with friends and family. They're giving gifts. Sometimes they're cheerful. (laughs) Sometimes they don't know why. And then, uh, you know, sometimes people get a little depressed at Christmas time. Sometimes I think the reason why they get depressed is because there is this kind of materialism that takes place with the giving of the gifts and the partying. And if you separate all that from the original uh, message of Christmas, then you, you lose what I would call the meaning of all of that relaxation and happy and joyous times and the gift giving. But look... Here's what essentially the Christian message is. It is that, uh, that God created man. He created man in his own image. Man sinned. Uh, he was separated from God. But God made a promise that there was going to be a Savior. There was going to be a Redeemer. He was going to send his own Son to redeem mankind. And uh, at the announcement of Christmas, the reason why the angelic hosts were celebrating is because God was essentially saying, hey, look, I've made good on my promise to mankind. I'm sending the savior into the world. And we talk a lot about the just the emotional response you can get thinking about the creator of the universe sending his own son who's ruling with him in perpetuity to earth, uh, taking on human form, and how remarkable that is because no other human ruler would ever do something like that with their son. They would never condescend like that. But the Christmas story doesn't just stop it at his birth; it doesn't just stop at at Christmas. It goes all the way to Easter, and uh, his son gave his life. He was an innocent life. He gave his life to take on our sins, uh, essentially to be uh, executed by his father uh, on our behalf, so that then we can look to him in faith and we can have that faith uh, through him and have that relationship with God restored. So when we celebrate Christmas time, the the spirit. Of Christmas and we see the gifts being given we're giving those gifts in gratitude for God making good on his promise that he would give us the gift of salvation and I think people need to contemplate that more now look the reality Matt I'm interested in your feedback on this but a lot of people have tried to do everything they can to um, to suggest maybe that Christ wasn't really a real historical figure we know that he was and that he made certain claims about himself and those are claims that are undeniable uh, both with biblical records and also historical records
2: everything you're saying is is very valuable and it, it speaks to the distinctiveness of the Christian message one of the things that I think gets lost in in this sort of modern day skepticism that accompanies um, all of these discussions but exactly what you were saying that that um, that the arrival of Christ was prophesied that it was there was a, a promise made thousands of years before his birth um right in the in the book of Genesis about um, the the offspring of the woman um, coming to to take account and to to save humanity and so the gospel messages really powerfully powerfully convey that and it's one of the arguments that that Christians make for the truth claims of Christianity that it's uh, it, it was predicted and so it's something that came true and um, just dozens or hundreds of prophecies about uh, about christ were foretold in the old testament so yeah it, it definitely gets into exactly what we're what we're talking about at this season and you're exactly right i think the the overwhelming response that we see pictured in the in the manger scene and with the angels is, is all part of that
1: well let me just say this um i think that number one everybody should remember this uh christ was given to the world by his father he paid the price for our sins. You can look to Him for salvation. Uh, knowing that you can be cheerful at Christmas time, regardless of what you're going through, if uh, there's nothing that can that can defeat you, uh, if you have faith in Christ. And I would encourage you all, as we get into this Christmas season, to go to a Christmas Eve service or Christmas Day service, and find out about the true meaning of Christmas, the gift of God's Son to this world. Thank you for another great Christmas edition of America in View. We'll see you next week.
0: Thanks for listening to America in View. For more information, go to Americainview.com. Their way, the only way they know how.